You're such a dick! Every day I wake up and I hope you're dead. Dead like if I can guarantee Henry would be okay. I'd hope you'd get an illness and then get hit by a car and die. everybody, welcome to Real Ripe and Real Rotten. This is a podcast where we look at the highs and lows of your favorite Hollywood celebrities. We use Rotten Tomatoes to figure out the best and worst film in someone's filmography, and then we talk about them. And right now, we're still doing our Oscars coverage, even though we're a couple months after the Oscars of 2019 or 2020, whatever they want to call them. Parasite won. We covered Parasite, so you can listen to that. We covered, what was the other one? Joker was the second one that we covered, the lowest rated. And now we're up to Marriage Story, which is going to be our B-roll for this one. So we choose a uh, neither the high nor the low for the third. And we chose to talk about Marriage Story, mostly because we didn't want to talk about The Irishman or watch The Irishman again because it's so long. <laughs> Clay, how are you? Wes, every day I wake up and I wish that you were dead for making me watch this movie. <laughs> I know you don't, didn't like it because you texted me about it. Um, I really, really did not like this movie. Yeah, it's, it's going to be interesting because I, I did like it. Um, <clears throat> I, I agree. It's not, it's, it's not the best movie of the ten that are up there. It's, it's a fairly middling Best Picture nominee, but I do think it's got something going on for it. But let's take a break and we'll play the trailer, and then we'll come back and we'll get into our thoughts about Marriage Story. What I love about Nicole. She is a mother who plays, really plays. What I love about Charlie, he loves being a dad. He loves all the things you're supposed to hate, like waking up at night. She knows when to push me and when to leave me alone. He never lets other people keep him from what he wants to do. Dad, you're too far. I know. It's not easy for her to close a cabinet. He's incredibly neat. She's brave. He's brilliant. She's He's very, very competitive. I'll tell Charlie what's happening, and Cassie, you then hand him the envelope. I just get nervous. Can you unserve? What do you mean, like take it back? Charlie and I are getting a divorce, Mom. You can't be friends with him anymore. Gina! Charlie Bird! (laughs) Mom! 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 What? You know, most people in my business, you're just transactions to them. I like to think of you as people. Oh, okay, good. You remind me of myself on my second marriage. Baby, I'm amazed the way you love me all the time. Part of what we're going to do together is tell your story. Did you dye your hair again? No, this is me. You don't like it? Is it shorter? I prefer it longer, but... How are you doing? I realized I didn't ever really come along for myself. I was just feeding his aliveness. I'll never get to really be his parent again. He needs to know that I fought for him. It's not as simple as not being in love anymore. Eventually, it'll be the two of you having to figure this out. Together. If we start from a place of reasonable and they start from a place of crazy, when we settle, we'll be somewhere between reasonable and crazy. Okay, so let's get all the uh, biography information out of here. This is a 2019 drama film written, directed, and produced by Noah Baumbach. It stars Scarlett Johansson and Adam Driver with Laura Dern, Alan Alda, Ray Liotta, Julie Haggerty, and Merritt Weaver in supporting roles. 
It was, was the, the film follows a married couple, one a stage director and the other an actress, who are going through a coast-to-coast divorce. Rotten Tomatoes' critical consensus is at 95% on Rotten Tomatoes, 85% for the audience score. Its uh, consensus says, Observing a splintering union with compassion and expansive grace, the powerfully acted marriage story ranks among writer-director Noah Baumbach's best works. You forgot uh, Ensign Tilly. Is she in this? Yeah, she's one of the theater uh, company members. Oh, does she have a line? Yeah. No, I'm so I was surprised you didn't you didn't pick her up. You, no, she's, she's de- kind of hard to miss. I definitely she's got, she's got a very clear uh, uh, identifiable look. Is um is she in more than one scene, or is she just in like one of the scenes, like when he's in the office and he comes in and they're sort of they're doing their uh, their rotations? Yeah, she, or whatever? she's in a she's in a few of those scenes. Yeah. Oh. Right, I guess I'll have to go back and watch this one a third time because I've watched it oh, twice now. Jesus. Um, it's at 95% on Rotten Tomatoes. It's neither the best or the worst of this one, though it's very highly rated on Rotten Tomatoes. Um, yeah, I don't know. I'll, I'll, I guess I'll start off, Clay, by just saying why I watched it twice, and maybe that'll feed into what you think about it. So when I watched it the first time, I was kind of like, you know, this movie should probably be called Divorce Story. More than anything, um, and mm-hmm. I thought that it was, it was kind of a strange perspective, I guess. That I thought that they kind of came in at a very strange time in a relationship or in a story, and sort of told the story through that perspective. And I thought that it was actually mostly like Noah Baumbach was had gone through a divorce and was kind of like, "You guys can't believe all the legal shenanigans that happened through this. Let me write a movie about it to show you yeah. all the stuff that happens." And so I thought it was kind of strange and it wasn't what I expected because I watched it thinking that I was going to get a lot more of like an emotional drama between people breaking up and there would be a lot more like interpersonal play stuff going on. Mm -hmm. And then I watched it a second time and I think I just kind of recalibrated to me where I think it's just really subtle in that stuff. And you do learn a lot about these, these characters' relationship and their marriage, even though you don't have flashbacks that you would expect from a story like this. Like, you, right. you are focused on the current divorce handed forward. But I think they just kind of very subtly handle and tell you what kind of marriage these characters have had and why it's falling apart. And then it gets into the legal stuff. And then, and then it kind of branches out from there. But that, that's my general takeaway about what I thought uh, and learned about it from watching it a second time. I don't know if I would call it subtle because they have extended monologues where they just tell you it. (laughs) But they don't. uh, I I think that they like, I think that they're fairly subtle about the flaws in the relationship about who's bad at what. And they don't come out and really argue about that, but it's, it's more about how they have interactions uh, before and after the divorce that sort of fill in the blanks there. Where The first time I watched it, I wasn't really sure about how deep of characterization both of these guys have. But I think by the end of the second watch, I, I think that it is all there for them. Sure. I, I, this, this movie to me was like sitting at a bar and then the guy you don't know who's like just around the turn of the bar decides to tell you all about what a bitch his ex-wife is in like full detail. Mm -hmm. And I couldn't find anything appealing about it. I was, I was in, I was on board for like the first 20 minutes. I thought the, the opening bit where they're, where they're, you know, doing the uh, voiceover of the stuff that they wrote each other. uh, And then it's like a hard cut to the therapist's office. I thought that was good. That was clever. That was a nice way to, to get into it. Um, But once it settled in and it, I realized it was just going to be like a beat by beat 
divorce procedural, essentially. I just, I don't know. I just, I couldn't, I didn't care. Mm-hmm. I, it was, there was, I, I didn't care about these characters. I think the performances are great. Adam Driver is fantastic. Uh, Scarlett Johansson's really good. Laura Dorn's really good. Um, I just, it's not something I would ever want to watch again. Yeah. It's, uh, it was nominated for a bunch of Academy Awards. Obviously, the reason we're watching is because it was nominated for Best Picture, but it was got six nominations, Best Picture, Best Original Screenplay, Best Actor, and Best Actress are the top four. The other two are obviously technical uh, things. So uh, it must be Best uh, Supporting, obviously, because during one, I don't know what the, the mm-hmm. last one would be. Um, we can start there. I, I'm, I'm kind of surprised that uh, Dern won, honestly. Uh, her role seems... It's one of those Oscar winners that it's like, it's not really a tough role, I don't think. Like, the, right. there's nothing really difficult about being the sort of over-the-top lawyer in L.A. character. And <sighs> she, she doesn't go great guns into it or anything, but it's it's a very, I don't know, it, it's not like a very interesting role or very, like, nuanced or, like, demanding a lot of an actor. So it, those kind of roles always tend to win at the Academy Awards, but it was here. Yeah. If you would... If you had told me, like, if I didn't know anything about this movie and I watched it, I, and then you told me that Laura Dern won, I would be surprised by that. I'd be like, really? Like, I, I wouldn't have walked away thinking, wow, that Laura Dern really needs to win for this this turn right here. Yeah, it kind of reminded me of, uh, it feels like the best supporting actress or actor and actress a lot of times are, um, if they are f- a fairly well-known person who hasn't won anything and they have, like, quirky uh, wardrobe. Yes, quirky role like it is, is a pretty me, big one. Yeah. yeah, it reminded me of uh, uh, the mother in I Tonya. Feels like a similar role where yep. it's like she doesn't get that much. To, I remember her being pretty good, but like I, I don't know if that would that screamed you know a best supporting actress win to me. Yeah. Um, whereas I think I w- uh, who won best actor? Oh yeah, Joaquin Phoenix. Um, yeah. I thought Adam Driver was really good in this. Yeah. And uh, I thought Scarlett Johansson was fantastic too. She's she's uh, she's very good. Um, yeah, they're, but yeah, they're Lara, both good. Lara, yeah, Laura Dern. She she's fine. She's got one like really good speech. Uh, that, that's the that Jesus about, metaphor. The Mary yeah, and the, the mothers virgin. and stuff. Yeah. I thought that was really really good. Well written. Uh, well well acted. But um, I liked Ray Liotta actually. Yeah, he was pretty good. Yeah, <laughs> I he's I thought he's um. He felt more like, I don't know, it's kind of the similar thing for both of them. Like, they feel like they're just kind of playing themselves in a way. Like, or that's the performance that you expect from Ryota and uh, you expect from Laura Dern, I think. I think a lot of that all around in the supporting cast, because, like, Alan Alda is basically playing. I thought he was great. He's great, too. He was yeah, he's very, very well yeah. cast. Yeah. Doing his Alan Alda thing, but also with a hint of, like, uh, you know, uh, deranged, uh, not Alzheimer's, but just he's an old guy. Yes, know? he's he's actually um yeah he's he's fairly together. He, he's not really impaired in any way, but he he's impaired as a legal divorce attorney because he has a conscience. Basically, that's right. his uh, that's his like impairment. We can get into it. Um, people are torn about whether or not they like the script. It was nominated for best original screenplay. What did you think of the script? Uh, I really disliked it. Um, Do you like Bombback th- in general? Have you seen other Bombback movies? I. Not really. Uh, let me just look really quick. Squid uh, I know and the whale. Squid and the whale. I have not seen the squid and the whale. Um, I I know that he co-wrote some Wes Anderson movies, which tells me a lot. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, he also apparently wrote Madagascar 3, which is interesting. Oh, there you go. Good, good uh, yeah, you know, I don't think I've actually seen any of his movies. I've only seen yeah. a couple. I know I've seen Squid and the Whale, and I think I've seen one of the other ones. Kicking yeah, and Screaming, right? Isn't that Bombeck? Yes, it yeah. is, yes. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I didn't care for it because um, it felt like it desperately wanted to be a play. And it the language in it felt very theatrical. Um, the way a lot of the stuff was shot felt very theatrical. It actually, it felt overall, it felt to me like a play that had been brought to film by the person who directed the play who was not really a film director. Mm -hmm. Because I felt like a lot of the visual metaphor and storytelling was pretty on the nose. Uh, Whether it's at the end when when uh, her new family goes out as the beatles for halloween and he's relegated to a ghost walking yeah. behind them yep that's a bit much uh or the scene where they both have to close the gate and they do like this it's you know the gate coming between them shutting them off from each other that was a bit much yep uh and there, there was just some filmmaking stuff that felt kind of amateurish to me um i guess you know i i guess the thing that 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 is strange about the acclaim that this is getting is it's it's not like this movie this is a movie that's never been made before it's a it's a uh relationship drama that has like an art house spin to it and i don't i don't know why people w- went so crazy over it mm, yeah i think um i think i like the script i think it's i think it's good i think that the for me, this movie kind of exists in the areas that the movie doesn't really bring attention to. And I think that he did a really good job at capturing small moments that aren't a part of the plot, but are, to me, very touching or like the most impactful moments of everything. Mm-hmm. Like, I think um, their relationship with their kid is really good. The way How that- old is that kid supposed to be? I, I thought he the actor was too old for how old the kid was written to be. Yeah, I feel like they're they're playing the kid as though he's like seven or or six. Like I, the kid yeah, looks like yeah. he's thirteen. <laughs> no, the the kid looks older, and I I almost got the impression he should be probably yeah six would be a good estimate. But the the actor might be too old for that role. I think. Um, yeah, but they needed him to not be too young, but he needed to maintain that innocence. I guess I don't. I wonder how old right, the actor right. actually is, but I don't know. But I think they um. I think generally, like, they handle that kind of stuff really good. And I think that they have a lot of scenes about, like, when it's stuff that's not really drawn attention to. Like, when he is visiting them for the first time and he's reading to them in bed and Scarlett Johansson's in the forefront and she's kind of misty-eyed, she's crying, and he's reading um, Mr. Toad or whatever story to the kid. Uh, Stuart Little. Stuart Little. And then he, the kid is going through this phase of preferring his mother and stuff like that. So he has to leave the bedroom. And it's this kind of scene, but you know, it's just, it ties in nicely with like this thing that kids do, but it also is very symbolic of how the relationship is splintering apart and he can't be a part of his life full time anymore. Mm-hmm. And I like, I, I agree that the, the plot itself is not particularly interesting because a lot of it is just the legalese of getting divorced, which is kind of fascinating in and of itself. But the movie for me really exists in the small moments, like the, the mother liking him and not wanting the divorce to go through and stuff like that. Right. Like, I just think those moments are kind of what make it so difficult. And it was surprising to me that the characters themselves 
are both okay with the divorce, really. Like, they're kind of surprised that they have to go through it. And when he gets served, he's kind of hit by the moment of this is actually happening. But they're not... It, the movie doesn't open with, like, some sort of infidelity that she walks in and then they get a divorce and it's this big brouhaha after that. Right, right. You kind of come into it as if they've been separated for a while and the divorce is just finalizing the close of this relationship. Yeah, I, I mean, I thought that stuff was was good. Um, I just... Uh, I don't know. It, it, for for every one of those moments that I thought they, they got into some, some nice... Uh, uh, unspoken character work there was like three or four scenes where people just talked at length about stuff mm-hmm. or it just got into the the mire of of the legal aspect of divorce which some of it was i i think my biggest problem i think this movie could have been like half as long yes yeah. it's, it's so long <laughs> i wouldn't go that far i'd say that um I, I really, I laughed. I didn't like it the first time. I certainly laughed the second time when they both get a music singing dancing number yes, at the end for yeah. some reason. That felt like it could have cut off about 15 minutes. Yeah. I mean, like when I, <laughs> I had to pause the movie halfway through to take the dog out. And when I realized it was halfway through, I was like, holy shit. It's, it we're just going to be another 45, 50 minutes of, of just, these people being miserable with each other. Mm-hmm. And that's basically what it was. And it was just, I feel like you could get this <laughs> fucking Siri. Uh, my, my <laughs> thing started. <laughs> it's funny you say that. I don't think that they're running. miserable. Really? I don't know. Would you define the, the them hus- as miserable? The husband seems pretty miserable. I, I think that I'm surprised by how well they handle things here. And like what, what makes them miserable is the legal process of it. And I don't know. I mean, she seems to be moving on pretty quickly and he's left, you know, falling asleep on the couch, watching legend, waiting for his son to come and go trick or treating and then having to struggle to make that work. And that doesn't work. And then he's got to have the person come over and view them uh, having dinner in in a very bizarre scene that ends up with him accidentally slicing. his. That's a great. I I like that. I think that's really funny. Actually, it made me laugh out loud. That's the slicing himself scene. That whole scene was just really weird. Like it, it's, I guess you, it's probably drawn from the experience of that Bombach had, but like the, the observer is such a very odd character. Yeah. Um, and I don't know. I just felt like well, the, it the felt fate of to me, the fate of your kid is in the hands of someone who seems socially inept. You know, it's right, like it's right. the it's the worst case scenario of you're trying to impress this person who is incredibly awkward and stilted, and you're not sure what they're perceiving as a good job by you. So right. he's kind of flailing at trying to pr- convince her that he's a good parent. Yeah, I and I think the thing that that surprised me the most was that it's not really very even handed. Um, and I don't know if that's just a matter of it being written by the husband of a failing marriage. So you're getting everything through his eyes, but it really, it felt to me a lot like you were getting to see the awfulness that he was going through where she was more or less, uh, she was being portrayed as more or less, uh, moving on fairly quickly and not as, didn't have as much of a problem as the uh, with how the legal end was was playing out. That's interesting. I I would agree, but I think that the reason for that is because driver is the main reason that they're getting divorced. So the Adam Driver's character, you miss all you miss the entire portion of he is the reason why this divorce is happening. 
And sure. the movie, I think, is focusing on him coming to terms with that and realizing that he's been stubborn and he's been um, unobservant and he's been sort of absent from his family's life for that long time. And mm-hmm. the the battle of him not wanting to give up New York is kind of the the straw that breaks the camel's back in terms of him realizing why he's done the things that he's done. And it comes to, you know, they have that scene at the end where he announces that he's got a residency at UCLA and he's like, I'm going to be out in LA full time now. And Sco- and Johansson gives this look that's kind of like, yeah, you couldn't realize this two years ago, right? Like it's, it, it's that kind of a thing. And it's interesting sure. that you think that the, the fault falls somewhere because I think that they're, I think that they're both equally at fault, and I think the script does a very good job of balancing that. But I've seen other people say that they think that it's imbalanced in something like uh, I know Darren Mooney has complained that the um, he thinks that the affair is artificially stacked to cause him to have some to have Johansson to have some reason to be angry at him. Sure. Okay. I wouldn't agree with that, but it, that that's a take that's out there. So it's it's interesting how people view it very differently from uh, what what they see uh, from the film well the interesting thing about the affair actually is is how it ends up coming out in in the eventual blow-up argument that they have because the the back and forth that they have about it is actually fairly interesting Mm -hmm. as far as uh you know what who kind of throwing around the blame of of why that happened um, I hate the line really. in the argument, though. I, I really don't like the. Um, you shouldn't be mad that I slept with her. You should be mad. You should be mad that we had a laugh together, or whatever he says. I really don't oh, like that yeah. line. Yeah, yeah, there's a lot of that stuff. I that was just really schlocky, over dramatic. Like when at the end, when when the kid is reading the thing from the therapist, I almost threw up in my mouth. That was <laughs> fucking terrible. <clears throat> um, but yeah, I you know I don't know. Uh. It, I feel like yeah, you you could say that the that the affair is kind of superfluous, um, because it's obviously not the focal point of of the dissolution of their marriage. No, no, um, they both agree but, it happened after they agreed to get divorced. Yeah, or it's something like that. It, well, it gets it's a little bit murky because he's saying he was saying that he. Was he slept with her because she uh, Johansson wasn't sleeping with him, but they were kind of separate. So it's like it's one of those weird middle gray grounds. And then he tries to <laughs> he tries to uh, uh, justify it by saying I could have slept with a lot of people. You're yep. glad be glad I didn't. Yeah, uh, which is not great to say. But um, <laughs> yeah, I don't I don't know. I, I, it does feel a little bit tacked on. Like I don't know if it's absolutely necessary, but it is. Uh, I I do think the ensuing argument is an is an interesting scene. Yeah, I I like that scene. Although um, I I don't think it's that like to, to me the best argument uh, marriage argument is you, you've never seen the Sopranos right all the way through. No, no. There's an ep- episode called White Caps, which is built around Tony and Carmela having a argument with each other. It's mm-hmm. basically the entire episode. Um, but I think that's really good. I I think that the marriage story argument is a little dramatic. It's a little yeah, theatrical. A <laughs> and I, I think that their insults almost feel like they don't totally belong in the argument. It's almost like he had a bowl of like insults that he wanted to use, and he just kind of randomly drew some of them out and then put them in. Sure. And I really don't like 
the weird cut or whatever they do when he punches the wall and puts the hole in the wall. Um, yeah. It doesn't look right that he did that. And Adam Driver's a big enough guy where I feel like he should have been able to punch through some prop drywall or something, but it, yeah, it comes it was across pretty, really weird. It looks like uh, it, he comes at that wall pretty slow. Let's put it that way. <laughs> like it, it's, it's, it's very much – it feels very dramatic and not like he's punching the wall out of rage. It's definitely a man who's punched the wall and hit a stud before going at yeah. it again. Yeah. <laughs> yes. I want to do this, but I have to be careful. <laughs> Let's get the stud finder out, figure out where I yeah. can land this puppy. That's why That's why you got to hang pictures, and then you realize you punch between the pictures. Yep. 16 inch or 8 inches to the left of that that picture hanger, and you're, you're, yeah. you're dead on. You got daylight <laughs> in there. I I don't I to the, to me the only thing that's like the, the reason I don't like that scene is kind of highlighted in the one argument scene that I think is really good is when the lawyers are stand-ins for their arguments and it kind of reflects this um it's when Jay At is the, representing Adam Driver and then Laura Dern is representing uh Johansson in front of the judge okay. and they're making yep. this like uh, argument but you realize that the movie's just kind of saying that the the lawyers are arguing as kind of proxies for a real life marriage argument that they would be having like the things that they're bringing up are stuff that a couple would actually be arguing about but instead sure. they're being represented by these lawyers who are who are who are saying the same things but in a very like official judicial sense about it mm-hmm. and when they get together i feel like the argument when it's just between driver and johansson isn't as realistic in some ways as the mediated argument is between them because i don't feel like i feel like the points that are made in the courtroom scene are better than the points that are made in the uh apartment scene Mm. does that make sense yeah i think the reason for that is the stuff that they bring up in the courtroom scene is all stuff we've seen them talk about or actually seen happen yeah the the apartment scene is all kind of their under how it's underlyingly emotionally affecting them it's it's less based about what happened and more how they're feeling about the situation yeah, it's it's definitely just a uh, everything is coming out um, in a visceral way, and it's a lot of stuff that we actually haven't seen happen on screen. Yeah, which uh, which which lends itself to the sort of like silly insults that they give each other. But I, right. I just I don't think that the insults are well um, constructed or like yeah, even, even, seemed, I find it believable that like I wish you were dead thing like I, I find mm-hmm. it believable but it, it still doesn't feel right for him to say that I I don't know it just feels a little bit off yeah that scene to me it, it feels like it was written to be the big emotional scene that just the, the stuff they're saying to each other gets uh more more and more vicious and more and more vicious and until it caps off with him saying i wish you were dead and blah 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 it doesn't it feels a little bit more artificial to me than i would say yeah the 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 scene with the in the courtroom is probably a little bit more clever in in that sense even though it is even though some of the stuff some of the stuff that they end up talking about there it, it, it's like I guess it depends on how you look at it as whether or not it was well constructed uh, to lead to that point. Because like when they had that two minute scene arguing about whether or not the uh, car seat was put in correctly. Mm -hmm. And then later on, it's like, oh, yep, the car seat wasn't put in correctly. That's coming back in court. In the back of my head, I was like, okay, great, cool. Same with her drinking. She, she yeah. just takes a stumble down the stairs and they use that again. That's a, that's what I actually like about it because it just shows how petty 
the law aspect is. Sure. Where, where these sure. tiny, stupid insults that you can use in an actual argument are instead being weaponized against each other for financial mm. gain is like I, I do like the movie for how much of it's an indictment against like how how many lawyers have gotten their beaks wet off of just like causing turmoil in the end of a marriage basically yeah, where yeah you know she she does it initially to sort of protect herself and it's hard to say that you don't need lawyers in these kind of situations because anyone who's gone through any kind of like complicated financial thing and decided that they don't want someone reviewing it is probably making a mistake but mm. at the same time it's the lawyers are so competitive with each other and the lawyers want to draw it out that the lawyers just want every little bit of peace to be negotiated between them so any bit of money that comes in is going to go through that process. And like it eventually it just, it's they, they eventually get to this point where they're less annoyed with each other about what caused the breakup of their marriage. And they're more annoyed by this revealing of character between them of how far they're willing to go in order to quote unquote, win the divorce. Right. right. And yeah. they come to a conclusion at that, at the very end where she, the, I, I think one of my favorite scenes is when Dern is like, I got you 55% custody just because I don't want him to be able to tell his friends that he won uh, split custody. Mm. And then mm-hmm. she says she doesn't want that. And then uh, the last scene of the, the movie is her giving up her day to give it back to him. Right, so they've right. come back to a place of humanity that the lawyers are trying to strip away from it. And I did like that. I, I, I think that that's an I think that's an interesting take on this kind of movie that I'm not sure you've seen before in this way, even if you've seen other breakup movies. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't know. I just it, it, it wasn't really uh, <clears throat> just overall wasn't really engaging me that much uh i just it just seemed like a lot of crying and yelling um and i i i get the 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 subtler aspects of it but i think it was just it really put me off how badly this felt like it wanted to be a play like i i, I kind of wish he had made it a play mm-hmm. instead of a movie um no you don't was, think it's somewhat intentional because the, of how he is a director in the movie of a broadway director I don't. I don't know. That's that's a little. It's probably my <laughs> least favorite. That's a little. That's a little four D chess for me as far as storytelling goes. If that's the case, my, it's a little. I I don't really like the fact that it's so autobiographical. That it's they have these extremely limited perspective careers. Like they're both Broadway right. actors and actresses, yeah. and she's working on a extremely sitcom in LA. extremely relatable. Yeah, right. It's not. It's not a plumber and his you know secretary wife or anything like that. Is they're they're so far from being blue collar. And it also, I just found the finances kind of funny throughout the movie. Like the whole yeah. the whole time, the finances really struck me as odd. Where they're living in New York, uh, they're flying back and forth to L.A. He's cutting checks for twenty five thousand to pay for the yeah. lawyers, and yeah. at the same time, he gets a MacArthur grant, which is one hundred twenty five thousand dollars a year. And he's like, "This will keep everyone employed." And it's like, how the fuck is how the fuck is that amount of money going to keep your your theater troupe employed? Unless unless these people are making like fifteen grand a year or something. Maybe I don't understand the finances of theater, but the finances struck me as very odd and always took me out of the movie a little bit. Yeah, I I mean, it wasn't totally. You know, it was one of those things where it's like for every every time that he was complaining about money and about not like when he goes to see Ray Liotta and he's like, yeah, I'm nine hundred dollars an hour. You need a twenty five thousand dollar retainer or whatever. This guy over here is four hundred four hundred dollars. Call an hour. him with the dumb questions. I like that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, call him with the dumb questions. <laughs> and he's like, I can't afford that. But he's then flying back and forth from New York to L.A. constantly. He's got a a, a, a 
rental property in in L.A. Yeah, he buys in uh, L.A. eventually. Yeah, yeah, and the the grant money is is a little bit nebulous. But on, on the other side of the fence, she seems to. I mean, I guess she's working on a TV show, but like it's never. Uh, Her family's never, wealthy as well. They say. Oh, that. that's true. I guess because yeah. I was going to say she never expresses any any uh, inability to pay or or worry about the cost of Laura Dern as her attorney, and she's clearly not cheap. No, Ray Liotta has the. Um, there's that interesting aspect in the Ray Liotta scene where they're talking about can whether or not they can charge her family for Liotta's services because right. of the financial aspect there, and it's just like I I did like stuff like that. Like you you can see how. In a real divorce, things like that would be like, yeah, like I don't want to pay this guy this whole thing, but I can't give right. her the power of letting her side pay for his services for my divorce and things like that. Yeah, it's, it's the finances are just weird. Like, you, you never, there's never a scene where he is like refinancing his mortgage or something to explain right, where he's getting right. the cash from. He's, he's balancing his checkbook in a very old fashioned way when he writes out the 25,000. <laughs> so you know that he's, he's working on it, but it never, you know, they just throw around huge sums of money for what seems to be a struggling career, or at least a career yeah. that's not really blowing up. And she's only just getting back into LA after all that time. So, and it, then it's ultimately, and then ultimately, he ends up paying Alan Alda twenty five grand or whatever, and then ten grand. His retainer is ten grand. He's a deal. Yeah. Well, uh, who was? Was the check for twenty five? Oh, that it was, for because it wasn't his retainer. Sorry, he he was paying him for the hours that he had done to that point. Yeah, so yeah. he writes a check for twenty five grand for Alan Alda, and then he hires Ray Liotta. Yes, so you know, yeah. you know <laughs> clearly the, the mo- <laughs> there's money from somewhere, and I mean whether or not it's the grant money or what, I don't know. But yeah, I, I it's yeah. What was interesting to me about uh, I did like the Ray Liotta scene because it did it does give you this um, <clears throat> sense of you know it's 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 interesting. It's I think. Part of the reason why I felt like it was so one-sided was if you look at the two scenes about where about where Scarlett Johansson meets uh, Laura Dern for the first time, and conversely when uh, Driver meets Ray Liotta, the scene with Laura Dern is much more. I mean, I guess she could be. It's a matter of her putting on an act or whatever, but she's she's a lot more welcoming and uh, uh, comfortable and kind of soothing to scarlett johansson versus this bulldog of a lawyer that ray Liotta is and it and it and it felt it felt to me like the point of view of a person who had to deal with a ray Liotta type then projecting how uh how his now ex-wife got seduced by this oh i say divorce attorney you know like it, it the the siren song of taking her heels off and you know, tell tell me your story, sister. Dur- that kind Dern's of doing an act, though. Would you agree with that? Yeah, but that's kind of that's kind of my point. Where it's like, if you think of the movie as the story of of a divorce being told by the divorced guy, you, you are getting the pit bull attorney that he dealt with, and then in from his point of view, you're seeing, oh, my ex wife, she got seduced by this smooth talking lawyer it's not something she ever actually really wanted to do yeah you know what i mean yeah it's it's kind of a it, it's you're you're seeing it through the eyes of the adam driver character uh it's like he's the one making the movie almost and so it it makes it, it it's where she's she's getting like lulled into this sense of uh of uh of hiring this high-priced lawyer 
um, he gets the the bulldog attorney. Uh, that's it is it is very shocking though that scene to see exactly how hard he goes, how quickly. Yeah. Um, and it is interesting that arguably if he had gone with him initially, he might have come out Ahead. better. Yeah. 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 I mean, he. I guess he breaks even. I. I guess I would. My counter to that would be. I view the two lawyers as tailoring their they're not really tailoring because I think that they are uh, they are those characters. It's not like the act is 100%, but the the lawyers are tailored for the gender that they're representing. Sure. Where Dern is much more of like a like take off your shoes sister and let's drink some tea and talk about this about like how he hurt you basically so that yeah, we can yeah. get even with him. And Leota's is more about the attack, the aggressive, like, we need to cut this off now. This needs to end. Like, the, who's got the money? We need to get the money. It's much more of like a male-oriented goal response than the sure. Laura Dern character is. Sure. But I, I would disagree. I think that Dern is just as much of a pit bull as Leota. She just portrays it differently. That, yeah, that's fair. Yeah. She she ends it with the, I, she ends it with the, we can't give him 55%. We can't give him 50%. You got to take 5% from him. And yeah, no, I, I'm not. I'm not saying that that she's not any any less of a pit bull. It just it's just the the the, the portrayal of the portrayal of the two sides, given the person who is actually making the movie, feels interesting, and it feels it feels more like uh, um, where the Adam Driver character was forced into hiring this pit bull. Uh, the Scarlett Johansson character is more like willingly going along with it. Yes. Yeah. I And I think that comes down to the driver is the fault of this divorce. So mm-hmm. the reason that she goes after Dern in the first place is because it's this sort of subconscious repression of all the anger against him that gets sure. unleashed. And he, he feels like he's being caught off guard by it because he is oblivious to the harm that he's done to his family for the, mm-hmm. throughout, throughout the marriage and their sort of time together. And so when it comes it comes up that way, he reacts as like, you were always happy. You're only deciding now that you're not happy, which isn't the case. Right. She's been unhappy. Right. But he's he's blindsided by that. And that's why he, you know, he thinks he can go with the Ellen Alda lawyer to start things off. And he quickly realizes this is his mistake, which is that, you know, the, the good intentions aren't going to win him things in this uh, this world. Yeah, I do. I do think that the best parts of the movie are the ones um where they are uh you get to see the smaller the smaller bits of of their relationship and and how this stuff is affecting them um like the uh, you, you know you get like i think it, it works best as as little vignettes in certain places more than it does as a full movie for me yeah like i i thought the scene where um they're scrambling to determine how they're going to serve him. I thought was really funny. Yes, I thought yeah. that was a good scene. It almost it almost seemed like they were it was setting being set up like a mob hit or something. Right, or the leaving um, leaving a bomb under the table or something. Yeah, they bomb in the car or something. He's got a yeah, and the sisters kind of you know freaking out, and the mother's a whack job who still talks to the sister's ex boyfriend even <laughs> though she's like married. Back. <laughs> yeah, like that that some of that stuff. I thought some of the a lot of the character stuff was fairly good. It's just um, the for as 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 good as much good stuff as there is as as far as character work goes uh, and little character moments. It just overall it was not a story that I particularly cared about. Mm. Just the uh, the one thing to add to your character moments. I 
I one thing I really enjoyed is that they they all the scenes where the driver and Johansson are dealing with the kid. There is this slight um, tension that neither of them thinks the other one is doing the appropriate parenting act, mm. which I really mm. like. I really I think that that's when the uh, just it ties off that scene where they're serving him. The kid is pooping and. The Johansson is like promised him a reward if he poops, and Driver's like, yeah. hey, well, "You're going to reward him if he does this." And it's like, yeah, I, just, I like little moments like that, and it's um, it's both fitting of being parents and also of the uh, reflective of the turmoil between the two of them, where they can't quite get on the same page about what they want. Yeah, that kid is is ten, by the way, so he was probably nine when they shot it. Uh, it's still too old, I think. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I, it's he definitely skews older than that because I actually to the. It was to the point where I was wondering if maybe he was supposed to be impaired in some way. Yeah, they don't say that because he, he can't read is his struggle through the the movie. He uh, yeah, doesn't and he's also fa- seems fairly antisocial, and yeah, he's got bathroom problems. Uh, yeah, which, that's you know, just, I, I know, that's just I know kids have that stuff. Yeah. yeah, that's that's a that's a younger kid thing. I, I would I would agree. I would I would. I think the kid is written as like a five or six year old. I think. Yeah. And they're just I, I, I understand it's difficult to cast a six year old. Yes, because the kid has a lot to do in the movie. He does. Yeah. 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 Um, and he's never. You never get like a uh, what I what I thought was actually surprising the way that movies like this usually go. You never got a scene where the kid ends up being like the emotional centerpiece of it, where either he ends up like, you know, crying. Uh, or yelling about them arguing with each other. You know what I mean? Like yes. that, usually that's the easy hacky way to do it where they, they start arguing and then, the, then they both look over and the kids sitting there on the floor and he's like, why do you hate each other? You know, that yes. kind of thing. Yeah. Uh, which I'm, they I'm never glad, did. He's I'm just sort of that. Yeah. Yeah. Me too. He's just sort of there. Um, and just part of the, the, the action and stuff. Yeah. He's, um, he, I mean, he's, he's critical to it because this divorce is easy if he doesn't exist. Sure. You yeah. know, the 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 reason this divorce is hard is because driver has to go to L.A. to visit him and right uh, if the if they you know the divorce is simple if you don't have kids quite frankly so you can just go your own ways but she has in the the midst of their blow up she has the the one devastating line I think is that I can't believe I have to know you forever which is fantastic <laughs> um, and it's also just because of the kid so while he's he's right. not overtly brought into it he is the the centerpiece of everything that's holding it all together. Yeah, uh, there yeah. was some. What was the other thing I had about this? Oh, the the one, the one thing I will say. One thing that is objectively bad is uh, the soundtrack sounds like Toy Story because Randy Newman did it. <laughs> Why? Yeah, it's it's like every time they every time they go into a store, it's like like Scott Joplin music starts like it's the Sting or something. It's so bippity boppity and like happy. Yeah. So he he just he he works marriage. He works he works marriage. on everything, and it's just he's very he's very good at Toy Story. It's a story about marriage. <laughs> he's not a very good composer. He just he 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 doesn't really adapt to things. It's just his sound that they impose on things. Two people hate themselves. Mad marriage. Yeah. <laughs> marriage the best, the best the best mad tv sketch they ever did yeah he's, he's very very good um i don't think i have any other points for this i mean best picture best original screenplay best actor best actress so you, did you think driver or johansson won the uh won the battle between these two in terms of acting performance um i honestly th- mm, it's tough because i think 
Johansson was better. She was best in the smaller moments. Like if you're if you're going just by that argument at the end, I think he was a lot more convincing. Mm-hmm. When she when she got really angry, it didn't feel as as convincing. Yeah. Um, and movie I mean, did its just, best to make her unattractive too. In this, she's 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 uh. She's, I thought she looked good with the short hair. You like the I, she, I think down uh, yeah. to her like a uh, wardrobe, which is it's just mm. strange that she's like this L.A. actress who she she just she looks like she's been out of L.A. for ten years or something, and she has at that point. But she when they when they cut to her doing that scene where she's filming her show or whatever, yeah, it's <laughs> just such a strange funny. leap to see her go back to the, to go back to like her mom clothes and stuff like that. Yeah, I like that scene. I don't know what that show is supposed to be. Yeah. But. <laughs> I like the line, there's always a flirty grip, which is... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty funny. Uh, yeah. Um, I, I, I don't know. I, they kind of even each other out acting. I, but I, I feel like Adam Driver was just really, really good. Uh, he, has, he has a level of convincing on-screen anger that I haven't seen in a long time. Yeah. Like, I would, if I knew him in real life, I would do everything I could to avoid him being mad at me. Confrontation. (laughs) (laughs) It's funny how, um, out of Girls, the HBO show, he's the biggest thing to come out of it, which is just Mm. very, very strange. I don't know if you, we we don't need to talk about Girls, but... um, Yeah, I never watched it. It was pretty bad. Um... It's I, funny. I was talking to Dan last night about this, and one of the things I said to him was, "Yeah, I don't know. I've I never watched Girls, but it just feels like to me this is a like Adam Driver's character from Girls twenty years later." Was Dan it, it familiar just, enough to comment on that? Uh, more. I forget what he said, but uh, he said well, it didn't have to do with the character. He was talking more about the show. Oh, what, gotcha, would gotcha. you would how would you feel about that? Did you watch Girls? I did. I watched the first season or two. Um, I guess the reason I said that was because it's just like, it's just a, it seems like an extension of unremarkable white people who have, who are kind of well off doing unremarkable stuff and making it seem like it's worth giving awards to. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, he's, I, I would say he's different. He's not to take it like the serious answer. He's he's, he's not quite like the character on Girls. Uh, I think characterization wise, they're very different. He's much more like Noah Baumbach in this. Obviously, mm. uh, sort of a um, if you've seen the, the other Baumbach movies are sort of similar to this. Like a lot of like acidic dialogue between characters and a lot of like interfamilial turmoil is the focus mm-hmm. of Baumbach. Um, I I would. I would probably agree with you that Johansson wins the smaller moments and Driver wins the movie, although Driver's probably in at 70 to 30%, I think. That's true. Yeah, he's in a lot more than she is. Yeah, And it is it is his kind of POV, uh, POV but I think that she's effective in her scenes. I think her best scene is um, when she meets Dern for the first time and is eating the cookies and drinking the tea and talking about the, how their uh, relationship started. Yeah. Yeah, that that was one long shot that they did. Unless maybe they they snuck a cut in when she goes into the bathroom, but right? If not, she does that whole whole thing straight through. And that was a scene where it's like, yeah, I thought she was good, <clears throat> but again, that felt like a theater scene to me. Yes, if that that felt like, oh well, you know, this is a big monologue she has from the play. So why don't we just well put it in and make sure that we do it in one shot so you could she can show off or whatever. Yeah, and yeah. I, I I didn't I don't know it it's. 
and and the stuff that she was saying was very it was just a lot more talking about their relationship um and so it, it that the the playiness of it sometimes it bothers me in, in movies and sometimes it doesn't and especially since this one was not actually a play it bothered me a lot yeah yeah all right well, i think we're done talking about marriage story i guess the um, only thing other thing i wanted to say was sure. i you know i appreciate people getting divorced having big emotional you know relationship problems and and deciding to make a movie out of it but at least david cronenberg's um divorce meltdown movie featured psychokinetically birthed uh murderous monster children yeah <laughs> it gives it gives it's got something for everybody <laughs> yeah yeah it, you know so it's just i it's all about how you channel it out and sometimes you get a very by the numbers uh detailed explanation of of what happened and other times you get uh you know oliver reed and psycho murder babies so yeah i um it's funny because I, I, I think when you had asked me the first time what I thought about this movie, I told you something along the lines of like, it's not what I expected, but at the same time, it is what I expected. Yeah. And I think that the thing that I was expecting was I was expecting a much stronger focus and many more argument scenes between the two of them. And a lot of like flashbacks mm-hmm. or like talking about times that we had and much more of a melodrama, I suppose. And mm-hmm. it's really not a melodramatic film. It's pretty grounded it's pretty um, like dry in sense of emotion in a lot of the scenes. Like they do have blow up arguments with each other, but they they are very um, for the most part. And like eighty five percent of their scenes together, they're very cordial with each other, and you can kind of see the relationship breaking apart by. As they move through the scenes, they become more and more uncomfortable with hugging and saying goodbye to each other. Which is really fascinating mm-hmm. to me until the end when they're not doing that whatsoever. Well, but they kind of are at the very end because she's still like stopping to tie his shoes and and they're, but, they're 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 definitely more cordial at the end than they were in the middle. They are, but they're not having towards the middle when they start like the first time he comes to her house and she's like, "Where are you going to stay?" and he hadn't realized that he had to get a hotel because he can't stay there. They, right, they have yeah. this awkward, do we need to hug before they leave each other? It, it's kind of like right, they're right. friends at a party or something who are saying goodbye and they're not sure if they have to do it. Mm-hmm. And it just, it moves into a much more natural state. But I, I just like the way that they, um, they physically sort of show these things off or like show the relationship and without being super emotional heartstring pulley, which is what I thought it was, which is what I thought it was going to be nominated for an Oscar because it was that kind of like emotion bait that they were going for. It's it's really mm-hmm. not that. If you think the movie is going to be that, it's a little bit different from what I was expecting anyway. Yeah, it kind of... It swings from very subtle to explicitly not subtle at all uh, in, in its depiction of the drama. Uh, so I guess, you know... You take from it what you will, I guess. Hmm. It's, uh, I I preferred the the subtler stuff, um, but even there, I, I didn't particularly feel like it was enough to to carry me through and and uh, bolster me through the whole movie. That's it for Marriage Story. It's at ninety five percent on Rotten Tomatoes. It is our final Oscar film of the 2019 or 2020s, however you want to look at it. So let us know what you guys thought was the best picture, uh, what should have won best picture if you disagree with Parasite or something. If you haven't heard our Parasite coverage, you can go back and listen to that one too. 
I think that's pretty much it. If you want to support the show, if you enjoy the content, patreon.com slash the Penske file is the best way to do that. You can go there. A couple dollars a month gets you extra stuff. Check out all the other shows. Check out the Star Trek show. Check out Rotten Horror Picture Show. Check out uh, the rest of the real ripes that came out in the past couple of years. And as always, our patron tier supporters on Patreon, the Captain tier supporters, excuse me, get a thank you at this point. Special thanks go to Andrew Cherlog, Ben Douglas, Captain Court, Cardinal Doomsday, Christian Michaels, Christian Pouch, Darth Moss, David Beardmore, David K, Dwayne Hackett, Eric Johnson, HH28, Jacob123, Jeffrey Koch, Joint Mango, Jordan Cooper, Kevin Reyes, Kyle Barrett, Mad Courier6, Matt Cutler, Matt Ross, Mike Burnett, Nathan Elliott, Neil Brennan, Nick Sergi, Robert Cummins, Russell Owens, Samuel Custer, Grim Santo, Sean, Stefan Minton, Tark Latif, Tom Howells, Vault 13 Hero, and Will Yates. Thank you very much, guys, for supporting the shows. That's it. We're done talking about Clay's choice for best picture marriage story of 2019. <laughs> His cold heart wouldn't open up enough. The, even the the soothing sensual rhythms of Adam Driver playing the trumpet and then singing at the end wasn't enough to do it for you. I, I couldn't believe he went back to the mic. Yeah, <laughs> that's the, <laughs> it's just so long. I I would be yeah. I would have been forgiving if he had ca- if he had just called it when he went to the table and sat down and they're like that's the scene. I'd say that's fine, but he he goes back and. You know, me and Amy were looking at each other like, what is this from? What show is this from? Like, what, what are it's we... It's apparently from the Stephen Sondheim musical Company. Okay. <clears throat> I know that because I was reading the uh, the trivia before we started. Yeah, it's... I, And I, I don't understand her dancing with her, her mother and sister, really. Yeah. My, uh, you, my feeling about this movie could be summed up in that scene where the three of them are doing this performance for some reason and they keep cutting back to the crowd and the director of her show is sitting on the couch just kind of going huh Mm -hmm. (laughs) that was basically me through most of this movie marriage story that's it thank you very much guys for listening clay do you have anything you want to say before we sign off uh no we got a new rotten horror picture show coming out pretty soon i think which is uh should be starry eyes i think next week yeah it'll be before this one so it's out now Oh, it'll be before okay well it's out now uh, very cool horror movie, uh, Starry Eyes. I recommend checking it out. Um, you can listen to us before that. If not, check it out. It's a good movie. And then, otherwise, we're going to be finishing up Star Trek: The Card around about around about the time that this one comes out. We'll probably have one episode left, I think. So, oh boy, you can catch up on our Star Trek: The Card. See how we feel about that. Whether or not Marriage Story was better than Star Trek: The Card, and we'll debate that at the end of Star Trek: The Card. Thank you guys for listening. We'll see you next time.